I'm Ella, Shane's daughter, and you're listening to Birchwood Podcast. Don't forget to share with a friend and subscribe. Good job. All you want to do was Everybody, it's Birchwood Podcast. Happy Friday, June 19th, 2019. And I'm in the public landing paradise, Birchwood Trailer Park. You probably uh, have been here many times on your vacations. <laughs> Speaking of vacations, Leishi and I went to celebrate our three-year anniversary on Campobello Island, New Brunswick, Canada. It's a beautiful spot. 
It's where Franklin D. Roosevelt had his summer cottage. Uh, we didn't go for that. We went for um, some seaside dining. So we're out overlooking the ocean, having a wonderful meal. But uh, oh my, what a trip to get there. Now we were going to go tubing, but it was sold out. We couldn't get on the river rafting thing. Uh, rafting, tubing, very different. Anyways, it's kind of like you sit in a tube and float down the river lazily and drink your cold beer. I was looking forward to that. That didn't happen. We had to change our plans, and we went to Campobello Island. It's just very Googleable. Something we just picked out of the hat of things to do, and it was beautiful, wonderful. And uh, there's pictures on the uh, Birchwood Podcast Facebook page that you can check out. And uh, also, just uh, a side story, I helped an old man uh, find the toilet while I was in Deer Island. Uh, so you have to go from St. George, New Brunswick, Canada to Deer Island and from Deer Island to Campobello Island. So you have to take two ferries to get there. And when we were in Deer Island, we stopped at a campground. A lady came out of the bathroom, very distraught. She was like, oh, I don't know what to do. My husband is face down and blah, blah, blah. I thought he was like f- flat on his face. I ran in and turns out it was, the guy just was on one knee. He was He was halfway there. He was doing good. But uh, he did fall, and uh, he was having trouble getting up. That's uh... anyway. So I, I'm like, what am I gonna do? I gotta help this guy. So I put my chest against his back, his old wrinkly back. Gross. It's not like hugging your grandpa if it's not your grandpa. You know what I mean? And it's uh... anyway. I lifted this old man up, and he got on his feet. And he said, this isn't the bathroom. And I said, nope, it's a shower. So the old man, uh, he missed the uh, the bathroom stall by one. And he went uh, to the shower instead. It's an easy mistake. And he must have uh, slipped on the shower floor and fell down anyway. So I pointed him towards the bathroom. And when he came out of the bathroom... Big piss stain on the front of his pants. This guy's in his 80s. I think he gets a pass. Uh, That's what they call a senior moment. And uh, when I'm 80, I'm going to totally piss my pants on Deer Island. Just on principle alone. People say, why did you do that? I was like, I'm 80. (laughs) Anyway, he got in the car. Poor guy. And um, his wife told me they live on Deer Island. So he didn't have go far to go to change his pants. So it, it's all good. And the vacation was wonderful. And, and you can look at pictures of it on Birchwood Podcast um, Facebook page. Yeah, Alicia, Alicia, and I, Alicia and I have been together for three wonderful years. Hopefully I can get her on the podcast soon. I almost have her convinced. I think you're going to be hearing an interview with her shortly. She... Went to the uh, sip and paint night and and painted a picture. And, um, and she's not a painter, but she did this painting of these three birch trees and uh, a little bird on the, on the picture. And then it, it's carved into the tree A plus S. And I thought it's very cute. And uh, it was thoughtful and sweet. And uh, I can tell that she likes me more than a friend way more than a friend. 
So yeah, I think it's fair to say we're in love, and uh, three years is uh, kind of a little little tiny milestone, right? Yeah, that's that's good. Things are going good. Um, yeah, I haven't got a whole lot to say this week. Uh, I'm going to Callis, Maine tomorrow. Not yes, tomorrow. That's right, tomorrow. I've got a big show, uh, the uh, Callis Community Center. Or the Lions Club. I, I'm not sure. Callus Motor Inn. That's what it is. Doing a comedy show there. It's a free show. I'm not getting paid for it. It's just to uh, raise money for children's programs in uh, in Callus, Maine. So if you're in uh, Maine tomorrow and you want to see me do comedy, come to the Callus Motor Inn. Is that what it's called? Callus Motor Inn? I believe so. And uh, anyway, so that's exciting. And I'll be also going to Martin's. Should have bought it when I saw it at Martin's. Oh, man. You don't even know. You don't even know what a treat that is for us Canadians. We come over the border. You got cheap gas, cheap chicken, cheap milk. Man, it's great. We love to shop. In the United States. I don't know what it is with Canada. All of our chicken and milk has to be very expensive. It's a it's a must. That's what yeah. If you're if you're an American and you're thinking about living in Canada, get ready to pay a lot for gas, milk, and chicken. Those are the three things. Maple syrup's a little cheaper. Alright, I'm starting rumors now. Maple syrup's expensive no matter where you go. But who cares? It's just a little fun fact. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to keep this brief. I have many things to say about mental illness and depression, as you all know. I'm sure I bum some of you out sometimes. I try not to have a cloud. I try to be happy. And sometimes life just isn't happy, you know? And today, my guest is my friend Jacqueline who uh, has depression herself. She has some codependency issues, and she also had a husband who was depressed and took his own life. <clears throat> so that's really all I want to say about that, I guess. I sound like Forrest Gump. That's all I had to say about that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on and on about depression and thoughts of suicide and things and the darkness. But I don't think it helps. And I think uh, I'm starting to grow a little bit. I'm starting to change my daily thought process. You know, I knew um, my guest only through comedy shows. <clears throat> Her and her husband, Brad, would come to the comedy shows, and they became regulars, and they were always a joy. Uh, when they walked in, they were laughing, and they were cracking jokes, and and just really fun people to be around. And, you know, I mean, we kind of pay attention to people who come to the club more than a couple of times, because that's really nice when people do that, because it's hard to sell comedy tickets, and it's nice to see regular customers. And um, when this tragedy happened, 
we were very sad for Jacqueline. We didn't know all the details. Of course, we wondered. So I guess the, the very brave thing that Jacqueline has done is carried on um, for her two boys and for herself. And she's starting a new life without Brad. And, um, and this is part of her journey. And I thought it was a very interesting interview. Um, I, I, I guess I'm understating it. I thought it was fascinating because um, and I know there's something sort of sadistic about um, wanting to know more about what somebody experiences. Um, but this isn't um, something that I'm doing for entertainment value or even educational purposes. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. Of course, a few years ago, uh, I've lost a friend of mine, um, Lloyd Raven, to suicide. So like all of the things that lead up to um, when someone makes the decision to take their life is uh, very hard to understand. So I guess, what did I want to do with this podcast I wanted to hear from somebody who's been through it. I, I wanted to make sure that um, the, the people know that there are people going through this. And that, you know, I remember having those dark thoughts and people telling me that it's not normal. And I, I intend to normalize it. I, I do crack jokes about suicide. Um... And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but, you know, I find that the the most light comes from the most dark. Like, there's a reason that contrasts, like, there's that thing where, you know, good wouldn't exist without evil, and you can't see the light unless you've been in the dark, and that, you know, there's something about talking about mental illness and just getting it out in the open, that some people, their mind is, it's not working right. And and they need a little help. And there's things that they can do. There's things that I do. Self-care, you know, like uh, getting enough rest and exercise and eating right. Um, and then there's external things like seeing a therapist, medication, and I've tried all of these different things in various degrees and various times in my life. And, um, you know, keeping the mind active and uh, having a purpose. And sometimes we need to recenter ourselves and remind ourselves how delicate we are, how short life really is anyway. You don't need to help it along. <laughs> it's short, I'm 43. It goes by fast. And um, anyway, I don't know why I'm babbling. I felt very connected to Brad. He was around my age. And uh, oh, he was just so funny, man. He had this Facebook page called The Daily Brad where he would take a selfie of himself every day on the toilet. It's still up. You can still look at the backlog of material. Like he posted it up there every day. He had a great sense of humor. Anyway, it was called The Daily Brad, so check that out. And we talk about it in the interview as well. But um, 
yeah, we're doing a fundraiser for Jacqueline and, and her family at the uh, Chuckles Comedy Club in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. It's uh, going to be part of the fundraiser for uh, Canadian Mental Health. And uh, Jacqueline has a very specific part of Canadian Mental Health that she wants to raise money for. Uh, all I know, it has something to do with helping kids cope with losing someone when they take their life. And um, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing to raise money um, and awareness for mental health issues. And I think a lot of us, you know, go through life and uh, I don't really value the mind. You know, the my friend Dale said the most profound thing he said, the mind is everything. And it really is. It's your whole reason for getting out of bed in the morning. Like your whole purpose, what are you doing? You know, you don't just walk around like a zombie and put food in your mouth. And that's kind of what happened to me when I felt depressed, you know, like just existing, not appreciating, not really living in the present and, <clears throat> you know, even this weekend when Alicia and I went to Campobello Island uh, and I was out on the ferry boat and the Atlantic Ocean was, you could smell the ocean and the breeze and the, the cold air in your lungs and the sunshine on your face. Like it was all just beautiful. And I was very present in, the, in those moments. And those are the moments that I hang on to, you know, I'm looking forward to making people laugh tomorrow. There's so many great things about life and, uh, not all of us see it. Some of us need a little help seeing it. I feel very sad about Brad and, uh, and Jacqueline, you know, it's just a hard thing. In uh, this interview, we talk about it all. And uh, I can't thank Jacqueline enough for being so brave and honest about a terrible situation. But, you know, I think we both have the same attitude about it, which is, well, fuck, you know, <laughs> you gotta laugh. You gotta laugh. You gotta find humor in it because what else can you do? I mean, we can sit here and we can cry about how bad life is or we can just fucking laugh. And I think Brad would have agreed and loved that, you know? And as much as it's sad that he's no longer with uh, with the world, uh, of this world, whatever. Um, he lives on through Jacqueline and her, her boys. And it made us think, didn't it? You know, it's making us talk about it right now. And uh, I think Brad would have been okay with that. I didn't know him, but I felt very connected to him. He's a guy around my age and very troubled and filled with pain. And uh, 
as Jacqueline says in the interview, now part of her feels like maybe he's free. So we continue to live and, and to live is to suffer. You know, there's some, there's some pain in life and we endure it and we go through it. And if we're lucky, we see the beauty in it, you know, and we enjoy some of it. And there are times when I'm on stage making people laugh uh, or even just in everyday life, you know. Yeah, I just, I, I interact with people sometimes. Uh, we have a laugh and that's, that's all I need, you know. But I do need it. I need, I definitely need to laugh. Uh, life's, life's not easy for anybody. Okay, I, I fucked that up. All right, so life's pretty easy for Elon Musk. And, and, and uh, that guy that owns Amazon. Yeah, probably pretty easy for those dudes. Other than those guys, life isn't easy. <laughs> <coughs> so I'm grateful to all of you for listening to the podcast. Uh, this one is a little different. Um, I hope that it reaches somebody that needs to hear it. And I hope you enjoy my interview with my friend Jacqueline. Hello. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you? Very good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, yeah, the, re- the recorder works great. So I just wanted to double Perfect. check that. Yeah. So I didn't want to miss anything that we talked about because the, yeah. co- the, the conversation that we had yesterday was pr- fairly intense. Yes, yeah, when when like you say you, we went from foolishness to serious stuff and it was uh, like you say I mean it's crazy to know how much alike all of us are and nobody realizes it, you know. We're all like it's, it's pretty crazy. It is. It's um it's almost a relief. Like I feel like a big relief when I find other people that are having similar experiences or feelings. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Like like you say, we're more normal than we think, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, we've come a long way, you know, in finding out that some of the things that used to be considered taboo or unconventional or whatever you want to call it, it kind of mm-hmm. makes it seem more normalized and more acceptable. Although, you know, you can't help when it comes to um, things like mental illness and depression. You can't help but kind of feel, well, you know, you, you yeah, well, you're not going to bring that up in a normal conversation or, you know, you're if you're going to buy something at the store, you're not going to say, oh, and by the way, I, I really don't feel well, you know, like, it's like, where where do you share these things? You know, therapy, your family. You know, so everybody, yeah. you know, I couldn't talk to my, um, I can talk to my mom, but I talk to her in a different way. I mean, she's in her seventies, right? So. Right. Yeah. And no, uh, actually, I could say that was understand. Actually, Lisa and I were talking about this tonight. She's like, um, telling me like, she's kind of, uh, sketched out about being on my podcast. Right. Cause she's like what version of myself do I give you? Like, do I give you the version of myself where I were silly 
or do I give you the version of myself where the way I talk to my dad, she goes, you know, part of her apprehension was not knowing which version of herself to present. Because to her, she's thinking this public forum is intimidating and she's more of a private person, right? But when, right, right. when I spoke to you yesterday about the fundraiser, you know, you seemed like very similar to me, which is like, you know, hard on your sleeve. Just telling people. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, you're very, yeah. you're very open. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So well, I mean, it's it's the it's what's real, right? So I mean, I like you. I don't necessarily talk about it all day, every day, but I don't. It, it doesn't bother me to talk about because, it, you know, I went so many years without thinking, you know, thinking that I was, I was the one. I was the. Um, I was the one who was realistic and, and, you know, I was the one who knew what was right. And I, I wasn't all the time, you know, but I convinced him and I convinced myself of that. And there's something wrong in there too. Right. So anyway, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it to whomever might like to listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's great that you do. And um, of course we're talking about your late husband, Brad, or mm-hmm. bo- boyfriend or husband or whatever. Um, husband, yeah, yeah. Husband. yeah. And uh, sadly, he took his own life. And um, so you and I are planning a comedy show in his memory and to raise awareness about mental illness. And um, and I think uh, that's something that, you know, is like a, a difficult subject to approach, but also... You know, um, you and I found out yesterday that we both have a dark sense of humor and we think we can make something really good out of, um, you know, a bad situation, raise awareness about uh, mental illness and um, with the Canadian Mental Health Association. And you're talking about you wanted to make this fundraiser, you know, something that would be positive to set up a support system sort of for kids that are affected right. by uh, loss in the family. Um, so, Well, not even necessarily about kids that have experienced the loss as so much as I want kids to learn about their mental fitness and feeling all of their emotions um, and how to cope with them. Because it, it, it's fine to be angry, but it's about how you deal with being angry. And, you know, it's fine to be private, you know, like sometimes we force kids to want to, you know, go and play with that person or, you know, hug your aunt or whatever. And yeah. want to. Um, so I I want us to kind of look at changing that sort of culture, I guess, and making it so kids understand that more, like just as well as they would learn how to read or how to kindergarten. I want them learning about mental health and their, their care options sooner so that it doesn't seem so... Like we, you said earlier, like so taboo because, you know, once a person gets to be a certain age or an adult, you can't make them want to get healthy. You can't make them go to the doctor. You can't make them take medication or what have you. Um, so they need to want to help themselves. So I, I'm hoping in, in my head it makes sense that if they know how to do that in advance, they won't get into those troubles yeah. as easily. That's my hope anyway. So let's take a step back for a minute before we talk about Brad and your situation. Um, you know, you uh, seem like a very fun, funny person on your own. 
um, you and Brad would come to the comedy club and you'd always be laughing and joking with us. And, you know, you seem to have the same kind of sense of humor. Like, um, do your, do your, does your sense of humor come from having like a funny family or a funny family member or where did you get your humor from? Um, I do think I got my humor from, like you say, my household, like growing up. Um, did you have a funny mom? Uh, both my parents are pretty comical people, to be honest. Where are they? Um, <laughs> yeah, they they both have their own sort of um, style, I guess. And I would say a lot of my humor probably comes from my dad. Like, we people watch. And, um, you know, I would never want to hurt someone. I would never want someone to be you know, thinking that I'm making fun of them, but like it's no. a great joy of mine to make fun of other people, you know what I mean? That's what I do kind of thing. And, and I mean, like I say, it's for my own enjoyment. It's really not to ever hurt someone. So, I, you know, it's not um, something that I would, you know, say to their face and like laugh at them. It's about, you know, just oh, no, like enjoying I, it for myself. I mean, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it is, it can be a freak show. Like when I was uptown, I saw, um, a domestic fight, but it was like, (laughs) it was between two like, uh, vagrants. Like they were, they're not, I wouldn't say they were homeless, but they were definitely doing some drugs and, um, they were hollering at each other. And, and, uh, the lady just, we, we were construction workers standing outside the building. And, uh, this girl walks up to us and goes, he doesn't even know his own child's birthday for God's sakes. And, and then he comes up behind her and goes, see what I put up with? And then they start hollering at each other. And she throws something at him. And he throws it back at her. It breaks. And then they start screaming at each other. And then I find out, like, another, like within half an hour, because someone went up the street to grab a lunch, they saw them <laughs> making out. Like, in that short of time, all of that you can't happened. can't make that shit up. No, and so, like... I I laugh at those people quite openly. I don't, I, you know, I mean, like sometimes you oh, just yeah. gotta laugh at people, and you don't necessarily laugh at them to hurt their feelings. But man, when they're acting that way, I mean, how can you not? Even out of shock, you have to laugh yeah. a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. No, that's right. That's have right. you have you seen the guy that goes around town and sings? He sings loudly. <sighs> he has a Walkman on, and he sings loudly. Sometimes it's rock, sometimes it's metal. But usually does he dance very, while he does it? I don't think I've ever seen him dance. He he more like he's like a fast walking. You ever see someone speed walk? Yeah, that, with the that, pump pump in the Yeah, and he's usually got a backpack on and he's got these old school fuzzy earphones and he sings at the top of his lungs. And sometimes he actually can carry a tune. Like it's quite interesting. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to keep my ears out for that guy. I know I haven't seen that. I all over up the down. other day. Like you say, well, the uptown is an amazing place. The other day, because I, I work um, in that uh, the MBTEL building. Oh, yes. Or the Alliant building. I aged myself there. Um, <laughs> but um, he, I was walking from there down to my parking spot, which is near Harbor Station. And uh, so I was on Carrollton. And I was walking, and a guy came up behind. Like, I was walking on the sidewalk. A bicycle kind of passes me. And he turns around and he says something to me, but I couldn't quite get what he was saying. And I said, I'm sorry. And then I realized he said, you're looking good. (laughs) And the reason I couldn't tell what he said was because he had, not only did he have like no teeth in his face, (laughs) but he had a speech impediment. 
He was oh. wearing a wife beater, riding a bicycle <laughs> on Carlton Street. And he told me I was looking good. I called my sister immediately and said, we're going out tonight. <laughs> because, I mean, only in St. John. Like I said, you can't make it up. It's just crazy. Oh, man. You you met your future husband. I, well, you, you, know, let him right. slip through, you let him slip through your fingers. Yeah, that's right, exactly. I mean, what happened with Brad was perfect timing. I mean, it was business, you know. I, <laughs> oh, I that's needed dark. to be available. That's dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the only way I get through this, man. I, like I said, some some really terrible, tacky humor. Well, you know, like, l- let me say it out loud. I mean, your your better half ended his life. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're talking about, right? It's um, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to even say out loud. I can't imagine what you've been going through. Yeah, I mean, some days you don't even realize that it's your own life, kind of thing. I guess, and then um, um, and then other days it, it hits you for sure. And I've got amazing family, amazing friends, friends I didn't realize I even had. You know, just um, and uh, my kids are. I mean, they're assholes. Um, let me tell you, be the first to tell you, but um, <laughs> they they get me through it for sure. They're, they're pretty awesome boys. Yeah. How old are your boys? They're uh, eight, who's almost nine, I guess, and eleven. Eight and eleven, yeah. Nine and eleven, yeah. Um, yeah. And boys, and boys are both boys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boys are busy. Yeah, no, they're crazy, and I, I kind of laugh because every time I get like upset and can get in wild or something, my um, my dad always stops me and reminds me that his mother had twelve kids, nine of them boys. And, uh, wow. And then I and then I just realized that I'm getting nothing to complain about at all. So. Yeah. So you're yeah. Uh, you're you're holding up and and holding strong for your sons, and sometimes I guess you fall apart, but you always are thinking about yeah. them, obviously. Yeah, we get it figured out. My parents have been really helpful, and my sister has been really helpful. My brother came home when the first things happened, when things first happened, and he's in Alberta. But um, he checks in on me often, and um, I, like I said, I'm well looked after as far as my own, you know, my own space and, and care, that kind of thing. And uh, and the kids, like I say, every now and then, my my folks have taken them for a day or two or a couple of days as need be, and then there's some times where I can just, you know, nap for the day if I want or that kind of thing. I don't have to be a, a functioning person and that it's worked out. So. Yeah, because uh, um, sometimes, I guess, I mean, I can only speak on um, depression, um, mm-hmm. which I've suffered from, um, you know, a lot of um, mental illness, including depression, but also um, like bipolar disorder and Things that um, I've, over the years, I've taken medication. I've not taken medication. I've gone to counseling when I could afford it or arrange it. Or, you know, it's just this ongoing thing. And then they, you know, I go and they see a a guy for a while. And then he's working for me. And then all of a sudden, uh, my schedule changes because of my crazy workload. And then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden, I'm with a different counselor. So it's it's an ongoing uh, battle, isn't it? It, it definitely is, and finding the right counselor is a huge battle all yeah. on its own. Finding the right person for you is, you know, 
and how do you say? I mean, they're professionals, so I guess they get it. But like, you you go because you're like, well, what am I supposed to say to this guy? That you know, I don't like him <laughs> or yeah. that kind of thing. But um, I can my problem is I I like too many people. Like I even if I I I might like you. But you might not be the right counselor for me, but I don't want to tell you right. that you're not the right counselor for me. Yeah, no, it's very true. No, that's absolutely it. Like I said, I'm the same way. I'm very social. I could talk to anybody, but um, like I say, if you're, are you getting anything out of it or are you just talking, you know? Yeah. There's, you know, getting things off your chest is great for sure, but, you know, you need somebody to kind of give you some counsel, right? Some, right. Some guidance so that you're not just sitting in it and not right. doing anything about it. Right. And um, have you, like, you have had depression besides all of this, like, before? Yeah, come to realize, you know, I... Um, you didn't think so? I, I didn't think so, no. <laughs> I thought I was quite a well-functioning person um, with an update, you know, I've always been social and um, had a positive attitude for the most part and that kind of thing. Um so I really didn't see any sort of mental illness for myself. Um, and um, I had a spell about a year ago, now almost exactly where my you know pressures of work became really, really intense. And up to then, I mean, that my work was kind of my estate. It was where I was perfect. It was where I didn't have, to, you know, I didn't struggle. Um, I was in control of everything all the time, and um, and like I say, it was almost kind of an escape. Um, I didn't realize it to be that, but that's sort of what it was. And uh, it's where I could go, and nobody knew about the fact that you know my husband had you know really poor self-esteem and real you know very serious mental health issues, I guess. Um, and I could just go and be myself, and and so on, and then. When work started to get out of control is when I noticed everything was out of control, which I now realize was everything was already out of control, but I just, I don't know, I still had that grasp on my work life and I still felt successful. And when I stopped feeling successful at work, I realized how sad and, you know, not fulfilled that I was. Um, so. In the end, I was then I became fatigued. I was, you know, all your depression things, right? Like just the, all the soaring. So even I went small to my things doctor. being overwhelming, that sort of thing. Yeah, small things being overwhelming, being, you know, um, not wanting to go out or wanting to go out too much. You know, wanting to always be away from the house. Well, that's a sign, right? Yeah. Um, and I was you know, snappy, not as patient as I normally was with my kids and or with even with Brad or even with my family. I just, in general, I was just not myself. And um, so I, I went to the doctor and said, you know, I know I'm not myself, you know, what's wrong with me? And we started with blood work and we did find a few things like I was anemic and whatever. So there were some vitamins that needed to be dealt with. Um, right. But after we dealt with that, I still wasn't feeling good. And so he said, well, I, no, I think you're depressed. And I was like, I guess, well, you know, I thought he was yeah. crazy, but I said, whatever, whatever yeah. you want, you know, I'll, I'll take whatever you say at this point, because I need to do something. I need to find myself back again. And, um, need some normalcy, some. Right. Right. And or so, yeah. 
Right. So I got that, I got a prescription and I started taking that and it was like, I, first few days when I took it, to be honest, I felt like I was high. I was like, how am I supposed to take this? Like, I can't be depressed. It wouldn't make me react like this. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, but I was encouraged to kind of be like, yeah, no, that's kind of normal. Just keep taking it. Just, you know, don't drive or whatever. And um, probably within about four or five days, I started to not feel that, you know, that, you know, bubble, like, you know, lightheadedness or whatever it was. And um, it didn't take much longer than that. And I started to feel pretty good. And I started to see what the major issues were in my life, like the things that, you know, that I thought, you know, oh, you know, like I knew that Brad had troubles, but I was like, it's okay, you know, I can, I can bust this up and I can, you know, I'll help him and, you know, I, I get him up every day. I, you know, like I was getting him up every day. I was getting, having his clothes ready every day. I even put on his socks most of the time, you know, like Brad? that's not normal. I put on Brad's socks. Wow. So like, that's not normal. But you in mean, my you, head, mean you, just, you put his, you, you dressed him. You you got yeah. I didn't clothes. wear his socks. Okay. I would put right. his yeah. I would get his clothes. I'd pick his clothes up like for the day. Like he just he just didn't have it in him. He didn't. He just would rather stay in bed, kind of thing. Would rather stay in bed or just stay in whatever you know. If he was in jogging pants and his crazy t-shirt like that, he would hang around in that. Unless yeah. there was some reason to have to do otherwise, kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, I always knew that that wasn't good, you know, and I'd always push him to, you know, come on, take part, be with your family, do this, do that. But most of the time he did, but I mean, he was, he was present, but he wasn't, right? And, um, and I accepted that as, you know, being okay, because I didn't, I, you know, I loved him. I was, you know, my, my best friend, I, I wanted to have him there in any capacity I could and for the longest time I felt like that was good enough and then I realized that it was damaging to me when I realized that I was depressed um, obviously it was something that you know that I wasn't doing well with and and it it certainly couldn't have been healthy for my kids because they you know it's not hard it's not easy to live with somebody with depression there's actually there's an advertisement I don't know if they even still have it on commercials anymore on TV but it was one it was like everyone lives with depression and it showed like you know small kids seeing you know watching their mother not get out of bed and you know not you know making their you know looking after themselves because nobody else is doing that kind of it's thing, right? it's kind of terrifying isn't it like to think it, it is. when you think back to when you were a kid you know, and to to imagine the world that you were in, like, I can remember playing with G.I. Joes on my dresser. I can clearly mm-hmm. remember that. And I never really, like, my parents, you know, sometimes would argue a little bit, but my parents didn't really fight. Like, there was no domestic disputes or anything mm-hmm. hardcore mm-hmm. when I grew up like that. So for me, I can't imagine being in that innocent state of mind and just having that drop off, like, Oh, your sense of security would be just taken. Like your breath would be taken away. Right. You would. Well, yeah. I mean, I know I've I've since learned that like my kids felt like their father didn't care for them. And that kills me because he was so proud of those two and they were, just absolutely the you know the apple of his eye like I like all of us you know our kids are they mean everything to us you know what I mean 
and they couldn't uh, possibly they didn't know realize that he it. was sick. You know. Well, you know, no, they they couldn't understand it. Like, it, what's interesting is I've always kind of spoken about because we lived it. I always spoke about mental health, and um, you know, tried to make them understand. That's the other thing. You know, I I got so I was so sort of sick that I thought that because I made so many accommodations for Brad, I thought they should too. And that, that wasn't how it should have been. Um, and I, I realize that now and I regret a lot of things because it, it's really a mixed up way for my kids to kind of see things. And I, it, I was really just training them to be little caretakers, um, a little codependents as I've since learned about myself. Um, and I hope that with what I've learned and what we've experienced that we can all um, kind of, re- you know, the brain's a pretty amazing thing. I hope we can, you know, change that, like, the, you know, mold something new. Um, and I'm sure we can, but uh, like I said, it's going to take a while because that's a pretty hard feeling for little kids to think that, you know, they're with their parents that didn't love them and, uh, and like I said, I mean, I've told him a million times the opposite now, but I mean, he's not here to, and he did, he told them he loved them. You know, I mean, we, we had good times. Like, this is a big story of woe and despair. And I mean, that's, you know, that's not the real case. You know, we, we did have lots of great times together, but, um, you know, the, the hard times are, you know, it's just like a good customer service story. You know, who remembers the good times? You just remember the bad customer service you get, right? So. Well, they're so, um, they're so impactful. Like, you're... Your bad times are more, I can't choose words properly. You know, it's just so extreme. You know, that it's very impactful. Of course you're going to remember the bad times because your bad times, Jacqueline, were fucking bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe that's okay. You know, maybe that's all right. You just experienced something that is, is a little more bad than other things bad things you know and um and i think as far as your children go like and and how you were saying and we had this conversation yesterday which is why i wanted to talk to you on the podcast because you had expressed to me that you know um you you had remorse for the way that sort of at the time you were you know kind of as you said being codependent and mm-hmm. enabling some behaviors that maybe you didn't know that you were doing. But you also expressed that you can forgive yourself for that because you were in maybe the wrong frame of mind at the time. But, I mean, your kids knew that you love them and all of the important things were in place. But kids, I think kids bounce back pretty pretty decently. I mean, I myself found my father on the floor uh, when I was six and he was dead, you know, like, so we all have, well, not all of us, but some of us have some pretty horrific stories and some pretty dark things that they've lived through. And, um, you know, I, I just, I just think it's remarkable your sense of humor about it. I mean, we're, you know, (laughs) joking about it and everything. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really remarkable what, what people can go through. Yeah, no, and, like, it, it really is. And, you know, I went through a period of time shortly after Brad was gone, and I still sometimes think about it where I, 
I'd go to the grocery store or what have you, and I'd look around, and we're all just getting our groceries, like nothing's wrong. And and I'd look at people, and I'm like, I wonder, I wonder what tragic thing happened to them recently. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. here I am, this has happened to me, and here I am at the grocery store because I have to be. And yeah. and I think, like, all of us are probably going through something awful, and we're just pushing our carts along like nothing's happened to us, you know? And, you know, you kind of want to, like, scream. I mean, obviously you don't because... Well, somebody makes fun of you, but... <laughs> well, um, yeah, but I mean, you know... It, or they it, block you up, one of the two. But. <laughs> I've always felt that way deep down. I've always felt like, you know, what if I just told this person I didn't like them? Or what if I just walked <laughs> over to my boss and punched him in the face? Or what if I just, you know, decided to dr- drive to Mexico right now? You know, like, <laughs> I've always had these crazy thoughts, you know? Why do we and, fall in line? What? Yeah, why do we all fall in line? Why do we all follow the order? You know, why do we why do we do the things that we do? And it's I guess ultimately you know, have you wrestled with that with Brad? With the memory of Brad and why or anything like that? You know what? It's interesting. Like I mean, I think I have a pretty good idea as to what he was thinking and why. Um a lot of people have asked me that, like, are you, you know, are you mad at them? Like, how can he do that to you? And I just, I, I don't feel that way. I haven't felt that way. And I'm not sure that I ever will, to be honest. Um, I I think I knew Brad better than he knew himself. Um, maybe that's with my codependency talking, you know? <laughs> well, you were um, his caretaker, right? Yeah, I definitely was. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I was somebody who wanted somebody to take care of and needed that. I needed that. Um, and uh, and he was certainly, you know, needed to be taken care of. And uh, But we just took it too far, you know, like not, not maliciously. I mean, um, you know, we care for each other. I mean, I, I've been, I've known Brad very closely since I was 18. I'm almost 36 now. And uh, that's, you know, half my life. You know, so um, those sorts of things get to me. You know, I think like I thought I'd know him my lifetime. You know, like this is, you know, we didn't, you know, we had some volatile times. Let me tell you what, um, anybody would tell you that, but um, we had a lot of like foolish stuff. Actually, you know, when you're saying about my sense of humor, like Brad was even more bizarre. Um, and, And that's in his obituary, you know, that the two of us, you know, were brought together, or you know that we that we are you know a very bizarre pair. You know, our sense of humor is just strange. You know, like the guy took pictures of himself on the toilet. You know, so um, <laughs> talk about that. Them with the world. Yeah, talk about that. What it, what was that for my listeners? What 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 was the Daily Brad? The Daily Brad was. Um, do you remember a lot of years ago when they had like. You had to write the color of your bra or something foolish like that, and it was apparently for um, breast cancer awareness and things like that. Yes. You remember that stuff going around Facebook? And anyway, um, and then there was like the no makeup selfie, and that was some you know, some other cause or what have you. And anyhow, Brad took a selfie on the toilet, and he called it the um, the poopy selfie. At the time, it was before the dailies became, before he coined the daily, but 
anyway, a poopy selfie, and it was to raise money for um, prostate <laughs> and colon cancers for fathers or for men. Like, you know, why are we doing all these things to bring awareness to women's cancers? Like, let's <laughs> do something for the men. So that, right there, that right? was something that that uh, Brad was involved in. Like there was other well, people no, doing it too. Or? No, no, no. He started it. He said, "Like this is what we're gonna do. Like I'm gonna make <laughs> this happen." That's okay. awesome. I didn't even know. So that. that was where it started. Yeah, no, this this is original kind of shit. Like this is way back, way back. And um, actually, I I know, like I don't, I couldn't draw it up right now. But the actual picture that he took, like I know the first daily Brad. Like I know the actual first picture, but. Anyway, he um, he did that, and we talked and laughed about it, and I said, holy shit, like, we might end up on Ellen. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I was like, this is actually, that was the goal. That was the dream. And anyhow, and then for whatever reason, he, you know, he really went for it, and he started the page, and, um, you know, it caught some attention of, like, our, our poor family, you know, and my poor aunts and uncles, and God knows who else was on our Facebook list, right? And uh, my mother, you know, <laughs> God yep. love her, you know? Um, <laughs> she didn't like it? And, well, well, she, I mean, she thought it was funny. Like, she appreciated the humor in it, but she's like, that's not what I want to see as my son-in-law taking a shit, you know? Like, <laughs> and there. I mean, he would kill me if I said this, but not all of them are um, true to life. Like, sometimes you're like, oh, my God, I didn't take a selfie today, and it was just a setup. Sorry to anyone who feels <laughs> deceived. Um, they weren't always – he wasn't always shitting. No, unfortunately. However, <laughs> I would say that was, like, only, like, 10% of the time. Like, they were all legit pretty much. They were all pretty <laughs> – Pretty real. So anyhow, is the um, is the page still up on Facebook? The page is still there. I I posted kind of a um, like a final one um, to sort of let folks know what had happened. Um, and I think I've posted one thing since then, and it was just some sort of you know meme or something stupid that that was just totally Brad, and I had to had the shows about something about. When people are, you know, when you sit down on the toilet, your butthole is connected to millions of other buttholes through, like, the municipal sewer system kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, and they were like, think about that, right? And so um, I couldn't I couldn't not share it. I was like, that, that is Brad. So, anyhow, I did that. and um, So, that is what brought you two together was the humor. I think so, yeah. We were just a couple of weirdos for sure. And... Um, and, and, you know, between humor and between the fact that we, you know, we were really good, we were best friends before we were together. Um, and I fell for him and he wasn't so sure, I don't think. Um, but I think, you know, when you get into the whole psycho babble bullshit, um, I think I was just afraid of being... Um, let let down, you know, or not, you know, he had, he had very few real long lasting relationships, whether that even be with family or whether it be with friends or real friends or whatever. Um, he, when people would get close, he would push them away. There was no doubt. And, um, the more he pushed me away, the more I wanted to control and not control it. Like, I mean, that sounds weird, but it, it, like I say, it's just kind of a 
the whole codependent thing. Um, the more I wanted to help um, because I saw somebody who needed help. So the more he pushed away, the more I tried to help, and the more I helped, the more he started to feel and believe that he was helpless, I guess. And I mean, you go 18 years like that, and and with his underlying mental health issues, it it it, it did a number. And like I said, I mean, I told him that kind of closer, to, like as he was kind of getting into some of these struggles more recently. I said that to him. I said, you know, like we're not good for each other. Like I love you and that you're my best friend, and I want to know you always. But like, if we really sit down and look at our relationship, like we're not good for each other. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, um, we're like each other's drugs, kind of thing. And um, anyhow, we, you know, things like the one, one thing. Kind of rock and roll, though, right? It's kind of like this uh, tragic passion, you know. I guess so. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I try to look at it from whatever positive perspective, right? Like, I know definitely what you're saying is, you know, yeah, quite a closeness, and that that gravity must be very intoxicating, you know, when you're that connected to somebody, and you know you're not good for each other, but you're codependent and enabling each other, and all these different things, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the enabling of each other that that was crazy. Because yeah, as, as, mu- as much as he was dependent on you, you were dependent on him, and like you said, you wanted to be, you felt a compulsion or a need to be his caretaker, and then you expressed mm-hmm. to me that maybe if you hadn't have taken such good care of him, he might have done some things for himself and built up a little confidence or whatever. There's all these theories. Right. I truly believe that, yeah. And one thing that kind of frustrates me even is um, like all the times that we went through, you know, counselors or um, doctors or hospitals or all the times that we've dealt with this, which has been many over the years, um, nobody ever stopped and kind of said that there might be something wrong with me. Like I, here I was taking this man to all of his appointments, being part of his appointments because he didn't want to be in them alone. Um, just all things that now that I've like the things I've learned were all clear signs that I was, you know, caretaking and that there was an issue with me as well. And never once was that brought up. Never once did anybody say like, hey, don't you think you're doing a little too much here, you know? And um, I was always told what a good person I was and what a saint you are and he's so lucky to have you and and all of these things. And um, I don't I don't doubt that. I'm not trying to say that I'm a bad person because, I, I, you know, that wasn't ever my intent. But um, certainly with what I know, I, you know, I wish I could do it very differently so that you know, maybe, you know, all kinds of good bees and cookies, right? But um, it's just strange to me that no one in the healthcare world that we were in, which was many different levels, nobody ever said anything about me being part of the problem. And that, that sucks. And I, I hope that, I hope that, um, because people like Brad and I are very common to each other, you know, um, it's like I said, like he was like a drug to me, you know, that was, that was what I needed for my own self-esteem and, you know, as crazy as that sounds, but like, that's what I, 
I thrived off of that. You know, that's what made me feel good about myself was looking after him. What would you say, like, um, the biggest thing that you've learned from this experience or if there's something that you could tell people, you know, about suicide and the loss of a loved one to mental illness, um, what what would be the biggest takeaway from it so far or the, something that maybe surprised you or, or you felt was profound? That's a big question. That's a good question. Um, I think um, one of the things, like I said, I'm pretty confident that Brad truly felt like him taking his own life was going to make my life and the boy's life easier and better. And um, it's, you know, like, it's certainly not. Um, there are, as you know, as, you know, as horrible as this is sound, may sound, like there are things that are easier. Um, there's not so many worries and things like that because it was a constant worry about even would he go to work each day or would he lose his job once he was there and would he be rude to my family because he had a bad day, you know, like would he be hard on the kids because he had a bad day, you know, like there's all kinds of little eggshells to step around on all the time. So, like I say, as awful as that sounds, like those, those things are easier. Um, but the amount of guilt and wonder and, you know, things like that 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 leaves behind for us, you know, like my kids, I mean, I'm sure that they wonder, like, why why weren't they good enough? You know, like, why couldn't they make him happy enough? You know, like, that stuff weighs on us a lot and um, I would you know a lot of I hear people say all the time that somebody committing suicide is being selfish and I don't I don't think that at all I think if somebody commits suicide they must be in such incredible pain that they're not you know that, that's not a selfish thing that's just you know something that they feel that they need to do but um, like I said um, I think you and I chatted it last night you know there's three steps to you know helping yourself with as far as mental illness is concerned you know there's medication there's therapy and then there's you know uh, an approach to a lifestyle you know diet and exercise sleep yeah diet exercise just self-care as you being involved yeah self-care yep yep and uh, so i i think that people need to as hard as it is they need to dig deep and find that for themselves and so that they don't leave behind, you know, people that don't have answers anymore and don't know, know what to do without them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, like the question that you asked, I don't think I gave it even a decent answer <laughs> just now. I do. I um, actually thought it was a perfect answer because you know, I was just reflecting on what you were saying and I really, like, I mean, I know we talked about it yesterday, but I feel like I'm Brad that didn't do it. You know, I feel like I really feel a connection, a strong connection to you and to Brad. And it might be in all in my head, some kind of dream or not even true, 
maybe it's not fair of me to say that, but I feel like, you know, I'm a guy in my forties, you know, I mean, Brad was a little younger, right? In his late thirties or. Yeah. 38. 38. So I'm 43, you know, and, um, kind of in the same headspace sometimes, you know? Um, yeah, no, I, I not think that we're I, all a lot more alike than we think we are, you know, I think yeah. we all think we're in this zone, you know, like you say, you kind of have similar, like you say, you haven't done it or what have you, but, um, I think we all think, you know, I, I don't think Brad would have said that anybody could have felt the way that he felt, but I, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that do, you know, and, and, uh, no, I, I think you're absolutely Right. I mean, if what I'm saying right now or what happens, Brad, can help you see through what you're going through, then you know, hopefully that's hopefully that helps somebody. You know, that that would be that's all I can do at this point. Um, like I said, I want to do this fundraiser to try to try to help kids never get into a situation where they feel that terrible. Um, I want to do this fundraiser you know, to celebrate Brad. Um, I want to do the fundraiser to make people aware, you know, like let's you know, we don't we don't shun people with diabetes and you know, this this is kind of even a cliche thing to say now, but you know, we don't like I said, we don't shun people with diabetes. You know, if you had a heart attack you'd get taken to the hospital, you get treated, you know, and, and you get cared for. Um, so it, it shouldn't be any different with this. In fact I would even argue that the mind is more important than a broken bone or something, you know, like your, your mind, yeah. like uh, Dale told me one time, your mind is everything. It, it, yeah. it keeps, yeah, your, it keeps all your organs it. functioning, but it also, it's your spirit. It's your essence. It's your, you know, why it's your drive. Why it's your, why it's your, why are you doing like, why are you getting out of bed today? Why are you, you know, living your life and, you know, what what choices are you going to make today? Um, you know, so I think it's something that we should take very seriously. It affects, um, as you were saying earlier, about um, there's a little bit of a freedom in the finality of life and death in that, yes, it's terrible that um, Brad is gone, but on the other hand, his troubles are, are gone as well. And maybe, you know, in some dark way, some of the, the cloud that was hanging over your family, uh, maybe there's going to be some sunshine on your face in a little bit. And yeah. maybe a part you know of that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, maybe a part of that is can offer some comfort and some relief and some, some closure, you know? Maybe yeah. there's a part of that that's okay, you know? Yeah, no, I said that, like, pretty much right after, you know, once you stop being hysteric <laughs> um, from knowing what happened, um, I said that almost right away, like, I know I'm not a religious person or, or anything like that, but I, I know that he's free. You know, I... I can't take that away from him. Um, I wish it was very different, but knowing that he's free of all that, I mean, that, you know, I can't, um, I can't take that from him. And I think that's, um, you know, a great, uh, great thing that uh, you can recognize that because, you know, I always felt like I, 
would never blame somebody or be mad at somebody. Um, it's as you said about people feeling that people that take their lives are selfish. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I always look at my reasons for sticking around and, um, you know, my, my kids are, are the primary reason. And I think that, you know, they've saved me. Just the thought of my kids have saved me many times because I, I don't know about you, but my life has been hard. Like it's just been one struggle after another. And I don't know if I'm inviting that into my own life, if I'm a shit magnet on some level, just <laughs> attracting this shit because it's all I, I worry, right? I'm a worrier. I think the worst. Yeah. I think, oh, what bill is due? I never think like, oh, I can't wait to get paid. I never think positively. I always think oh, the glass is half empty. Or or actually, I like to joke. I say like some people say glass half full. Some people say the glass is half empty. I go, you have a glass? Fuck, must be nice. You know, like, I don't even give my, I don't even have enough confidence to have a fucking glass, you know what I mean? So (laughs) I think, you know, there's some relief in laughing about the dark stuff and and I can't wait to do this fundraiser for Brad and I just think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And uh, for everybody listening, that's going to be announced on the Chuckles website. So it's chucklescomedyclub.ca. And uh, don't forget, if you're on Facebook, check out the Daily Brad and uh, some of his old posts of him sitting on the toilet. And, um, <laughs> you know, like, I I don't know. Uh, I feel like uh, a connection to him. Like, he was had such a great sense of humor and such a dark, twisted sense of humor. And you do, too. And, you know, I just uh, I just think the world of you guys. And, uh, you know, I'm... I'm I'm just going to be thinking about you all the time because I, I said to Alicia, I said, you know, like, I just feel like it's okay to feel the way that Brad did. It's not okay maybe to do what Brad did, but it's okay to feel that way. And, and the more people we can get talking about it, I think, I think we could maybe save some people, you know? Yeah, no, I, 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 that's what I like to believe for sure. I mean, and uh, and I hope so. I, I really do, because um, you know, you know, we just you don't realize how much you mean to somebody. I guess you know. I don't. I don't. You know, you can. There's people out there that are very conceited and stuff. I'm sure, but I don't think that they necessarily know how much they necessarily mean to, to you know, whomever it might be. You know, so. Um, you know, you can, like you said, you know, depression can trick you. That really resonated with me because that that's absolutely what it does. So it, uh, and it doesn't let you see things for what they really are. Yeah, depression is a, it's a bastard, you know. it's a, <laughs> It really does trick your mind into thinking that things are irreversible or you know, that some finality you got to have in your mind that it's, you know, it's, and it is a sickness. And uh, I think we need to make it normal to talk about because I think it really helps. uh, Well, it helps me, Jacqueline, you know, so it's probably. This is helping me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you get talking and you're like, oh my God, I'm probably irritating people and making totally no sense. So um, to have, you know, somebody that I can chat with because it's like we can speak about this together and it gives us both some benefit, you know. 
whether people listen or not, it, it is what it is. So. Well, <laughs> um, for I'll you have, and I, it's working, right? So yeah, exactly. But I, I honestly believe that you know, there's. I mean, you know yourself. Uh, I mean, once you get talking to people, I mean, even we were talking to Dale and Julie. I, you know, I had no idea that Julie struggled with depression, and you know, like so. It. I think there's a lot of people out there that that will be interested in in listening about Brad's story and and um and just the honesty and the frankness of speaking about the elephant in the room. You know, it's just mm-hmm. sometimes shit is just shit, and life is yeah. sometimes shit, and getting through the shit. And shitting and all and all the potholes <laughs> that connect us with the pipes across the city. Yes, <laughs> isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is a weird, weird thought. Was that Brad's thought or your thought? No, no, it was just some crazy meme that we I came across. That's the <laughs> internet, man. That's the rabbit hole of the internet. And when I found that, I said, you know what? I got to post this for the people of the Daily Brad. <laughs> Some of the diehards were still around and commented a bit, and that was nice. So, like, you know what? We have friends on Facebook that are literally all over the world on that Foolish Daily Brad page, and they are people who felt so connected to Brad that they've been in touch with me. Like, I chat with them on the regular. Like, just crazy, you know? Like, you just never know. Like the internet is a crazy place, but I know. The the internet is a place where your husband can make uh, a page about being on the toilet every day, and people around the world will feel connected to you because I know. <laughs> it's a magical that, place that internet. You can't make it up, right? That's right. That's what I said earlier, you can't make that shit up. That's right. Well, we'll be in touch with you about the fundraiser, and thank you for taking the time to talk to me on the podcast. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot out of it. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I hope all the best for you and we'll be talking uh, very soon. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jacqueline. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.